Greetings, gangbangers. Welcome back to Hatsune Miku's Crack House. This is episode four, just like my favorite video game so console, the Atari Jaguar. Uh, I'm your host, Sam Kingma, and joining me is my best friend and co-host, Miles J. Miles, what's your favorite 64-bit video game system? My favorite 64-bit video game system is the Sega Dreamcast. Yeah! Not, not is that is that 64? Though, but... I thought it was 128-bit, no. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 not that. Um, I thought it was one twenty eight. We stopped counting after sixty four <laughs> for some reason. We stopped caring about that. Maybe numbers. it's because we couldn't name a game Super Mario one twenty eight. Eight. Well, we could. We could have named it that. They were just fucking cowards. That's They're fair. Like That's people, fair. people, people won't want to buy the one hundred twenty eighth installment in the series. They'll um, think, what happened to sixty five? Yeah. I was waiting for 65! Fucking Super Mario. This game wasn't as good as Super Mario 84. At this point, we might actually be at Super Mario 84. Like, depending oh, on, on how we want to count the Mario on games. And how we want to count them. Oh, yeah, if we want to throw in the sports games, we might be at, uh... Yeah, we might we be at count Super sports. Mario 116. Yeah, uh, if, if, if we, we want to count sports, sports if we want to count, like, Mario Safari, like... All that shit, Doctor Mario. Do we count the Mario adjacent characters to have their own games, like Wario, be it the Wario Land games, WarioWare, Yoshi? No, Donkey I'm I'm gonna Kong? say it has to have the name Mario in it to be a Mario okay. game. Okay, so but Luigi's Mansion is not considered a Mario. No, game, that is a Luigi game. <laughs> that is a Luigi type game. A Luigi type game is like a Strand type game. There's only like. There's only like two. <laughs> okay, here here's the definition of a Luigi type game, okay? A Luigi type game must include a protagonist with a fright-based mechanic. No, with a fright-based mechanic. If if he is startled or scared, something bad happens to him, which makes Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem a Luigi type game. <laughs> you know, Miles, I've always wanted to play that. And you're a horror guy. Is it good or does it suck, actually? I hear it's okay. I hear that, like, the best part of it is the insanity meter. Yes. Mechanically, what happens in between it is, like, apparently, like, fine. It's, like, budget Silent Hill. Or not budget, but, like, you know, it's 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 it plays sort of like Silent Hill, like, melee-based combat, monsters who close in on you. Like, that's their main way of dealing damage or intimidating you is closing in on you close quarters kind of situations the interesting thing about it though is it is it's uh it's alex Royvis's bizarre adventure and that you play it through several different timelines so you go back into like ancient rome and that's a whole survival horror segment you go back to to like a castle you know and but it's a different Royvis, so it's a different member of this lineage that you play as in each segment i suppose we'll it's because they probably didn't use chapters Gotcha. Okay. I I like that. It's on the short list for uh for GameCube games. I want to go back and, and, and beat. I did read some stuff. I did watch I did watch some stuff this week. What do you want to hear about, Miles? I'll let you fucking I'll let you take the wheel. What do you what do you want to fucking hear about? Can you give me options, please? You wanna hear but you wanna hear about uh you wanna hear about Gantz or Degrassi? There we go. Do you know anything that happens in Gantz? No, but I can sense 
if we talk about Degrassi, because this is our wheelhouse, Sam. This is what we do. If we talk about Degrassi, things are going to get interesting. So let's start with Degrassi. Okay. And then by the end of this, we'll be talking about... Yeah, well, by the end of this, we'll be talking about, like, children's hospitals and how they're a scam or some shit. I don't know. That's oh. what happens on this show once we get on a fucking roll. If some, some, one of us says something fucking based is fucking stupid. The, uh, the teen drama to children's hospitals are a scam pipeline. Uh, <laughs> it's real. It is real. Um, it is real. Uh, anyways, um, so, thanks, YouTube recommendations i consumed over six hours of degrassi content now let me explain what what that means i did not watch a single episode of degrassi i did not watch a single scene uh from degrassi i did however watch six hours worth of numerous uh video essay retrospectives on degrassi simply because i love I love everything that Degrassi's about. I love the genre that arguably Degrassi helped codify. For those who don't know, Degrassi is a multi-generational epic similar to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that stars a... (laughs) And and Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. And Eternal's Darkness Sandy's Requiem that stars a ever-growing cast of characters. Um, then it all takes place in the same lore. So, for example, in there's two main, there's three shows and two main like series. There's the Degrassi Classic, which is Degrassi Junior High and High School, which features a lot of the same cast of characters, and then. Over a decade later, there's Degrassi, The Next Generation, where the kids who are the junior high and high schoolers are adults in Next Generation, and they play some key role. For example, like the character Spike has a kid in Degrassi Junior High. That's like her her whole line. She's like 14 and gets pregnant. Uh, We'll talk about all the fun shit in a sec. Um, and the first few seasons of Degrassi Next Generation primarily follow her daughter as, like, the, the gateway point for, for you into the rest of the character dynamics. So, Miles, growing up, did you ever see any promos or trailers or commercials for Degrassi? Do you, like, do you know what this is? I have a very special relationship with Degrassi. Oh, okay, so you've seen it. No. But I have a very special relationship with Degrassi. <laughs> okay, I, what is it? <laughs> oh, I just bumped my fucking my desk and it just made like a creak. Hang on. Let's see if that picks up on the mic. Nope, never mind. <laughs> oh, hey, did you hear that? Yeah! Yay! <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I want to I wanna do it again. Hey! <laughs> We're like five. We're actual children. Um. <laughs> anyways, we are so, Weebus and fuckhead. We are Weebus and fuckhead. Uh. So I did not watch a single fucking frame of Degrassi, but I did speak to one of the writers of Degrassi: The Next Generation in college. I was in a class called Writing for Children and Tweens. Oh, amazing! Now, real quick, real quick. 
because this is super important. What seasons of Degrassi the Next Generation did they write for? Because I don't know if you know this, Mouse, there's 14 seasons of Next Generation. I do not know. I genuinely do not know. I'm going to assume post-Drake. Okay. Drake's a pretty, pretty relevant character. Um, I think in the middle, I, I want to say he's in the middle seasons of Next Generation. Um, I see a lot of the retrospectives, the way they did it was for like, we're going to go based on character by character and explain the, the storylines that way. Oh, that sounds like a it's, nightmare. It's, yeah. I mean, I want to hold on. I got to shout out the, the, the channel I watched. Uh, I, I want to say it was, um, the channel name was like, Hey, it's cat or something like that. Uh, I want, I just because these, yeah, you've got cat, you've got cat, super small channel, 16.6 K, uh, subs. She has a look back at a Degrassi junior high and a look back at Degrassi high, uh, collective. It's a two hour watch. Um, super fucking worth it. Really in depth. She does a great job. Um, why I wanted to bring this up. Oh, anyways, anyways, you you spoke with someone who wrote for Degrassi. I for did. writing for I kids did. and tweens. Writing for kids and tweens. And and remind me to get on a whole tangent about writing for kids and tweens after this. Because that might be one of the funniest, genuinely one of the funniest classes uh, I've ever been in. Just just on principle. I, You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get into it right fucking now. I don't give a shit. Um, All right. Sorry, Sam. Uh, oh, no, it's fine. We'll, we'll come back. Yeah. Okay, cool. So... And I'll, I'll end with the Degrassi writer so that we can we can get back to this. What was funny about writing for kids and tweens is that I go in, right? I walk into the class. Uh, I walk in and I see the professor is the oldest man you've ever met in your life. He's like 65 and like graying and he's got the The specs. oldest man you've ever <laughs> seen in your life is 65, 65. Well, like for for a professor of writing for kids and tweens, he is sixty five. Like, do you understand this? And then some of the first words out of his mouth were like he was talking about his writing experience, and he's like, "Yeah, I assisted in the writing of the Rankin Bass Lord of the or the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings film." I'm like, "What the fuck? How old are you?" Like this, like you need to understand that movie came out like 1971 or something, like. Like, it was fucking fighting for theater space with, with fucking Clockwork Orange and Charlie and, the, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This shit's so old. Like, so, of course, this man is going to teach us how to write for the next generation of kids and tweens. This, this man, this balding man with the white patchwork of beard and the specs is going to tell us everything. So he's like, so let's go around the room and talk to you about what, what kinds of things you want to watch, you know, or what kinds of things you want to write. And at the time, I wanted to write, like, comedies. I wanted to write comedies for children. Um, I had an idea that was sort of like, there's this there's this band of, like, of adventurers, but they're really incompetent. And then I saw Konosuba, and I went, fuck! Uh, <laughs> which is fine, because I ended up having to write a better fucking show anyways. Not better than Konosuba, better than my crappy idea. Um, and that, and it ended up being a project I've worked on for a, a good long while. But at the time I was like, yeah, you know, I want to do comedies. Like, uh, I was like sitting, we had a horseshoe kind of thing. All these writer's room classes were a horseshoe shape. Um, so we all sat in like a big semicircle. And so the girl next to me, uh, was fat. <laughs> no, this is really relevant. I promise this is relevant. She was fat. And she said, 
well, I've been fat my whole life. I want to write kind of a, a show about like the experience of like being like fat and a loser. Like, you know, one of the, one of these kids who's like a theater, like they, they work the backstage of the theater and they have two friends and their brother's really popular and they're not like, you know, so sort of like, um, Sierra Burgess is a loser. It's some shit ass show on Netflix. Oh, I was thinking Brace Face, but yeah, sure. Yeah, like like some again, some show about like the rejects or the nerds, like yeah, or, you know, something yeah. like that. So she wanted to write, but she she specifically wanted to do that for like what it's like to grow up fat. Um, and and I was like, okay, that you know, not a bad idea, right? So I I said my show afterwards. And then for the next fucking 16 fucking people, everyone was like, yeah, I'm trying to write something similar to Avatar The Last Airbender, you know, like adventure <laughs> no, and no, action. No, you're lying, dude. You're lying. I, not literally the next 16 people, right? But like a lot of them were like, yeah, something like Avatar, you know, like that, like powers and a, a team of kids and all these things. So finally, we got to two original ideas. One of them sounded like Psychonauts. And I was like, based. Fucking based. Very cool. Like this like summer camp where something strange is going on. And I was like, fucking okay. based. Cool. Someone else had an idea for something that sounded kind of like like it would be like a cute Cartoon Network show. Like sort of a surreal show with like, like a, a weird. Gumball-esque. Uh, more like Adventure Time. That kind of like. Gotcha. This strange hero with a strange ability goes to strange Oh, it's like world. But like a whimsy type of strange. Yeah, a little bit more whimsical. whimsical not than not like time. the the gumball where it's strange in like a bizarre, funny way. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it there there is a funny element to it, but like it 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 felt more akin to almost like psychedelia like that kind of thing hr puffin stuff yeah i don't know yeah, i don't sure. want, i don't want to give this guy's idea away like cuz maybe he's still working on it i don't know i don't want anyone stealing the idea from my podcast sorry our podcast what are you uh, talking about we give people ideas to steal almost every week but those are our ideas if they want to steal them they can i'm not gonna let them steal the work of someone who's never been on this show that would be unethical so to speak anyways Right back to it. Oh, uh, yeah, I want to make some, like, Avatar. I want to make some, like, Avatar. Like, so So I'm going to say maybe six people next to me said something like Avatar. These two people had original ideas, and they sat right next to each other. Oh, uh, someone like Avatar. Someone like Avatar. Like, again, this was writing for kids and tweets. Literally, no one was writing for tweens. They were all writing for Avatar fans. Avatar fans. <laughs> and and like and so the professor you could tell was like scratching his head like he'd clearly never heard of this Avatar show. And so he was like, "Oh fuck, I got to like learn what these kids actually want to watch." And he's like, "Okay, I only really like created a curriculum for how to write Disney Channel shit." So um I guess I'll have to find people who are more interested in what you're Respect. writing. <laughs> Respect. So, like, of course, you know, he gets a couple different writers in the room. And one of them is a guy named Dave Anagaraxis, uh, who Skypes in. Dave Anagaraxis uh, wrote a show called Gordimer Gibbons' Life on Normal Street, which I have talked about a million times in my one of the life. One of the three shows Miles likes. One of the three TV shows. Only season one, though. No, I like season two. <laughs> You fucking asshole! <laughs> That's so on point, dude. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I listen. I pay attention when you fucking tell me stuff. What you want? Me to I know. I like season. I like season two. I like season two. Um. <laughs> uh, season one just has a little more. Um, there, there's a little more of a magical realism element to it. Season two is a little more uh, skewed young, so to speak. It's a little too normal. No, it's it's skewed. It's skewed younger. Season one is is. It's not quite scary, so to speak, but it has a couple of episodes that are, like, on that Harry Potter kind of level of, like, the first Harry Potter movie where there's... Oh, okay. There's an eeriness to it. There's legitimate danger, you know, things like that. Like the troll. Like when the troll appears in Sorcerer's Yeah. Like that level of, like, ooh, it's kind of scary. Like, that thing looks like it could fucking kill you, but... It's fun. Yeah, they're they're it's, in a situation where where you're not sure what's gonna happen to them, like you know, or like the the big chess game, things like that. Where like you don't fully understand the stakes of the big chess game when you're a little kid. It doesn't seem like that big a deal. You're like, oh, it's just giant chess. But then you see the pieces break, and you're like, oh no, that's scary. Like you know, yeah. th- th- there's just that that general like creepiness to it uh and then the later seasons are a little more skewed young in a way i don't have a problem with it saw some incredible episodes genuinely one of my favorite shows of all time but but like there are other episodes that are a little more whimsical and to be fair that was also in season one they had some goofy episodes in season one but that show man when it hits it hits good so he talked to us and he was like yeah this is what i do i'm like a 50 year old man and i grew up on like old adventure novels and and or choose your own adventure books i grew up by normal street yeah, on video games, and so he's like, I, w- I wanted to write a show that reminded me of the of the shit that I made when I was young, um, and so I was like, okay, it's cool. Like you can you can make something that's very inspired by by dated media. There's still there's still sort of a a, a you know an interest in that. Um, we had the second person wrote for Drake and Josh as well as Johnny Test. Like he was just like like a career oh, kids awesome. show writers. Yeah, so we talked to him a lot about Drake and Josh. He wrote the episode where. Josh ran over Oprah. Oh. So we were actually in the midst of greatness. We were in the midst of one of the greatest men who's ever lived, as far as I'm concerned. That's awesome. Um, yeah, he also wrote the episode where Drake and Josh have, like, a dating challenge where they have to see who can get more dates. Oh, yeah, who can who can go on more dates, yeah. Yeah, he wrote that one, too. Um, so, like, pretty cool guy. Uh, and then the third one was a writer for Degrassi, right? Yeah. What? So what'd they talk about? They talked about the rules of writing for Degrassi being that Degrassi is a morality play. She described yeah. it quite literally as a morality play in which anything that is conceivably negative that happen that a character does will come back around significantly worse. So if a character gives a blowjob, the laws of Degrassi say they will get gonorrhea of the throat. They're going to get gonorrhea out of the throat. Yeah. So and, let's and, talk about it. And that, that was her thing is that it. like Degrassi just had these like laws of of like if some if a character does this this has to happen to them they have sex they got to get an STD you know they got to get pregnant you know things like that yeah so what I so so as we spoke about when we talked about thirteen reasons why like fifty something episodes ago at this point Jesus Christ um, that literally I think fifty four episodes ago right yeah yeah about it was like episode ten nine or ten. Justin gets AIDS. Great episode. Justin gets AIDS. Bad, One of my favorites. Bad Mike still. era. Bad Mike era, but uh, but good, good, good. There, there's there's three episodes of the Bad Mike era worth worth watching. It's it's agreed. Uh, Big King for prison. Whatever one has zap. Wacky in it. packs. Wacky wacky packs. packs gross out uh-huh. your sister and Justin gets AIDS. Yeah. Um. 
So then skip to like episode sixteen when I get a good mic. Yeah, I love teen dramas, and I love like very special episodes too. I love very special episodes in media in general. But when the high school shit does it, it's it's that good. It's that good, good, as the kids say, um, as the tweens say, as the kids and tweens say, um, as the kids who write for tweens for, say. For tweens say. Um, now let me say, Miles, anything that can happen on Degrassi happened on fucking Degrassi, which is epic. It's fucking epic. You want someone getting HIV? It happens. You want someone getting pregnant? It happens multiple times. You want someone showing up blitzed and or uh, high as a kite to the dance? It happens multiple times. It happens actually, I think, anytime there's a dance. Um, <laughs> so I, I just wanted to shout shout like a couple of like the crazy, like the particular crazy things that I'm like, I actually, this is insane. I can't believe this happened. So fun fact, uh, Degrassi, in the movie, the 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 TV movie finale to high school for Degrassi Classic called Degrassi Schools Out features the very first use of the word fuck on Canadian TV. Damn. They blazed a trail for fucking Shits Creek or whatever other Canadian shows. Yeah. yeah. The line is the line is something like, You were fucking Tessa Campanelli this whole time. It's like I gotta be big, honest. It's yeah. I gotta be honest, whenever someone, whenever the use of the word fuck is for having sex, it sucks. Like, if that's your first fuck, right, in a film, it sucks. Like, you want, you want someone to be like, you cock-sucking motherfucker! Like, you know, you, you want, yeah. you want well, that. Well, it said, okay, so a lot of people miscredit it and say, oh, the, the, the character of Caitlyn says fuck first. No, the character of Snake says fuck first because he says something along those like yeah he was dating caitlin why he was fucking tessa um behind her back and it's this really fucking vitriolic shit it's a good fucking scene pretty fucking sick ass scene. how good is the fuck how would you how would you rate the fuck the rate the fuck i would rate snakes fuck like a like a, a five the sentence is good but the use of the fuck is like like he just kind of says it um but when she's like you were fucking t-. i'm like oh shit i would not want a woman to say that to me that would be i would be really sky would be i would i would feel great fear uh in this moment if i heard it's like i'm only like an eight pretty pretty okay, great okay okay that's good but it's a strong but, fuck but uh no that's not how that movie ends that movie ends with their friend Wheels getting into a getting a DUI and killing a kid. That's how the ten. That's the last ten minutes of the series finale. Is their friend Wheels, who in junior high, his parents are killed in a drunk driving accident off screen, and basically the entire his entire arc through junior high and high school is basically dealing with the consequences of of this happening and the end of his story is him basically doing the same thing and 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 getting a DUI and um uh, in running over or, or crashing a car and killing a kid. Um and yeah, it ends with him going to jail. Like that's how the series ends. Is ends on this main character going to fucking prison. Um which is wild. But that that's only the tip of the iceberg. We need to talk about Kevin Smith, who plays, I am not kidding, a critical role in the story 
Kevin Smith. For those who don't know, Kevin Smith, famous director. Famous uh, director of Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Amy, Dogma. Bunch of shit no one's heard of, like Tusk and Yoga Hosers. Cop out. (laughs) Tusk. Um, Jay and Silent so, Bob, which you have heard about. We are Jay and Silent. We're Jay and Loud Bob, more like. <laughs> yeah, Jay and won't shut the fuck up, Bob. Um, That's me. I won't shut the fuck up, Bob. <laughs> yeah, also, Jason Muse also in the war and super important. The <laughs> no movie, way. The movie Degrassi Goes Hollywood. Follows the kids going to Hollywood to get in a Jason Mewes movie. Like, they are trying to encounter Jason Mewes in the in the movie. Like, that's, like, they're trying to, to find him to be a part of this movie. Like, that's the lore. That's the plot of, of Degrassi Goes Hollywood, which is one of the Next Generation movies. But, though, there's a couple series, there's, like, a season-long arc in the show, in Next Generation, where Kevin where Kevin Smith and Jason Muse want to make a movie at Degrassi High and use the the kids at the school as like extras and stuff in the movie. And it's a whole part of the fucking lore that like Kevin Smith is like here and and a part of like doing shit for the town and is at the school a bunch. So now, when, when you say that Kevin yeah. Smith plays a critical role, you're no, not Kevin saying Smith it the same himself. way yeah, you're not saying it as as the same way that that Drake plays a critical role as Drake, a character. Drake plays a character on the show. Kevin Smith plays a character, the but he is Kevin Smith in the same way that LeBron James plays LeBron James in Space it's, Jam and New Life. It's fantasy LeBron James, but he has the same exact status, acclaim, and everything as normal LeBron James. The only difference is his family is not his family. His family, yes. Uh, big, big oops mistake on my part in the review, by the way, on that. But it's neither here nor there. Anyways, it's fine. No one, so, no one liked the movie anyway. <laughs> it's fine. So it's the least Smith. of people's problems. Yeah, so Kevin Smith is in the... It, this is Kevin Smith. Now, flashback. That's... Now, now flashback, real quick, to set up some important context. Now, obviously, being that this is, like, a teen drama show with, like, you know, relationships. Obviously, a bunch of characters hook up and, and get together and go through relationships. But the big, the big on again, off again, through through all of junior high and, like, high school, the Degrassi classic, if you will, is the relationship between Joey, Jeremiah, and Caitlin. Um, and, obviously, the finale schools out. Joey is, is cheat is fucking Tessa while while him and Caitlin are together. So uh, they break up and they end on bad terms. Now, flash forward to the next generation, fifteen years down the line, Caitlin and Joey and Snake and Spike and a couple of choice characters from the previous show may return. To varying levels of of intensity. Some people just have cameos. For example, Wheels, the character who went to jail, comes back in the next generation for a couple scenes. And it's like sick as fuck. And and basically in the next generation starts setting up the possibility of Joey and Caitlin finally getting together. Except except it is all destroyed. 
when Kalen hooks up with Kevin Smith in Universe of the Show. Because it was a, because, as I found out by watching this video, that when Ke Kevin Smith did this because he was a huge fan of Degrassi growing up, like that's why he he did this. That's why he's on the show was because he was a celebrity and he was a big fan and he really liked it. So when they asked him, he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, of course I'll do it." And he also, growing up, had a huge crush on Caitlyn. So he, she hooks up with. Kevin Smith in universe as like this hysterical fantasy wish fulfillment for Kevin Smith at the cost of destroying the the big like at the cost of, of destroying the big relationship that like core OG fans wanted to see for like 20 plus years like become that realized is and amazing. it's destroyed by Kevin Smith it is the funniest fucking thing i've ever heard of and it is so funny it's so funny i i, I got that impression when you said it was the funniest thing you've ever heard of but uh no just because like I, I i was scrolling through the comments on the first degrassi video about something with kevin smith like he was brought his name was brought up twice so i'm like what the fuck is this kevin smith thing about like what the fuck is this shit on it was everything that, you could ask for and more. And more. So, yeah, that's I, uh, that's the grass. I I watched uh, I watched this movie called Do the Right Thing. I shouldn't say this oh, movie as though people don't know that one. Yeah, it's a Spike Lee joint. Every it's probably his most critically acclaimed and and beloved film to this day. I saw this movie in college. I like this movie. I love this movie. Yeah, but I rewatched it recently. Uh, and it's so obvious as an adult now, but like the intro to the movie and the fact that Spike Lee plays Mookie, the whole film was clearly made because he was simping for Rosie Perez and he made this film to get footage of her dancing and to, and to get footage of him having a sex scene with her. And and the funny thing about it is that he discovered her in a club dancing, and he was like, "Ooga, ooga!" And he goes, "Do you want to be in my film, please?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure. You know, I've never been in a movie before." And he's like, "Great, you play my wife." Um, though not his wife, his um, his girlfriend, right? His girlfriend, but they have a child out of wedlock. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, but either way, you know that they have that child out of wedlock, so that, you know he, you, you know he did, you know he did the nasty. You know what I'm saying? That he did the nasty, and and so like, there's like a scene where he like plays with her nipples, and I read that that was a bo a body double because she didn't want to be, excuse me, she didn't want to be touched by Spike Lee. Well, she didn't want to be naked on camera, <laughs> only on film. You know what I mean? But like, he still like got three straight minutes of her dancing to fight the power. And, like, it's vaguely erotic. Oh, that's right. That does. That is how that movie opens. It does open on a music video for some reason. With Rosie Perez dancing to fight the power. For no reason, Sam. The reason is simping. And that's... The reason and I, and is because Spike Lee wanted to do it. But but not only that he wanted to do it, that he wanted to see it. Like, he wanted to see it. He wanted, he wanted to see it. And, like... Is there anything funnier on screen, on camera, off camera? This is not funny. What I'm about to say, is there anything funnier than directors using their powers to fulfill their sexual desires 
on camera, on screen, off camera, on it's screen, horrible. Uh, uh, on off camera, it's terrible, and uh, no one should do it. It's a horrible thing. Fuck you, Joss Whedon. It's terrible. Never do Shout it. Shout out to one of my favorite directors who does this, Quentin Tarantino, iconically. <laughs> yeah, the, fi- uh, the, the feet with man. The feet. Once you, that the feet thing is one of those things where it's like once you, once your brain becomes privy to that knowledge, it it it, it, it you can't. Like anytime the feet scenes come up, you just know you know it. It's so funny. It's in all of the movies. It's in all. Of there, them. There's not a single wiggle your big like that wiggle your big toe moment. Like initially, yeah. very tense, and then you get older and you realize, oh, this man likes foot. By the way, yeah, we did just say Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, another man who loves foot. And 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 uses as many. Ex- Joss Whedon is the ultimate excuse of it because he did it on screen for twenty years, and then he said, "Not enough, not enough. Got to do it off screen too. Got to do it off screen too. Not enough." Is there any feet shit in Avengers one or two? I'll have, you know what I don't want to watch Avengers two again, but I will watch, rewatch Avengers one. I haven't seen it in like a decade. Uh, and I would love to see if there's any feet shit. There's a lot of feet shit in Buffy. Uh, there's feet shit in Firefly. Um, and I think there's feet shit in Dollhouse too. Yeah. What, uh, what, what, what would you put in your media to Ooh. see what, what you Ooh. wanted? That's a good, that's a good what question. Would, what would you force into your, your media? That, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with something tame. I'm going to go with something tame. Okay. Okay. I would include multiple scenes of women getting tests back and having scores under 50. Because ah! I think dumb girls are... Mm, 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 Kino! Kino! Shit. Stupid. Stupid I, girls. I want a nice aho girl. I, I don't believe that. Not not in real life, no. I don't want a real life idiot. I was about to say, I'm like, dude, if you were surrounded by Aho Girl for two hours in real life, no, you I would, would not leave. be here anymore. <laughs> you would not be on this planet anymore. I, I was thinking I was genuinely thinking about if I could tolerate if I could tolerate some of my waifus. I was thinking about this. I was like, could I tolerate Natsuki? When she's being tsundere. And I was like, no. I would no. actually, I would think she, that, that she dislikes me and I would never speak to her again. Could I tolerate Aqua being a fucking moron? Yes. I, yeah. I could. I, I could. could. I, I was thinking about this. I could. Could I tolerate Satania being a fucking chuny and an idiot? And I was like, yeah, I actually really could. I could do that one. So I was thinking about this. Because I, I, I genuinely, I have a friend who is a chuny. Like, I know that she's doing it to be cute, and it is one of, genuinely one of the most charming things I've ever seen. Like, I actually have a real-life Chuny friend, and I'm like, I love when you do this. I love when you do this. It's inexplicable. But I think being out on the joke helps. Being out on the joke definitely helps. But, like, yeah, so I, I could be friends with a Chuny. I could be friends with a genuine Chuny. Could I be in a room with Aho Girl for two hours? Probably not. No. No, not probably not. The answer is a hard no. I actually I dated someone who was kind of like Aho girl, except not like cute, but like that level of dumb. I did date someone like that for a while. Yeah, for two look, weeks. Look, look, look how it turned out. 
Yeah, I was okay, not quite one. two hours. Not quite two hours. In two weeks, but like a date was two hours, and I'd probably want to leave. You know. Yeah. No. But yeah, so I'd make, like, I'd make I, my it, telemarketing shonen so I can have a bunch of hot ladies in office wear. That's how <laughs> that's how I fit my fetish into my story. I would actually um, love to see food wars, but it's about making sales. Dude, dude, no, straight up. I I've been I said this once. I did like five mark, months of telemarketing. I was like, telemarketing is the most shonen shit ever. Everyone has their own way of doing it. So everyone has their own jutsus and fucking techniques on the fucking phone. Kirkono oh. telephone. <laughs> Kirkono telephone. It is your telephone, Kirko. The telephone, the telephone in which Kirk in which calls. Co calls. <laughs> yeah, I I would I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Yeah. Just because... And you have, you have the you have the edgy person where okay so you have your your shonen protagonist who makes sales because he wants to you know he he wants he to wants be the to best be salesman. the best he wants, he wants to, to be, be the, the best, best. but but he also has like a belief that like when you sell something you know you make people's lives better the work that we do is important and then you have like an edgy like whatever guy with like a scar over his face or whatever right who got yeah. who got beaten by his dad and and he goes important. Everything is about money and obtaining wealth. Nothing else matters. Like, that's his whole thing. And, and he walks away and he's like, I don't believe you truly think that. Deep down, I think you love making sales. I and he's love like, the product. Yeah. And, and, and he's like, let me give you a piece of advice. Stay off the line. <laughs> but yeah, there's just so. Yeah, but yeah, there's so many ways you could you could you could do it. And. Because yeah, you just have people set up, and they have different ways of doing it. They have the they're the again they're the very forceful type. You have the very aggressive type, the very information focused type, the very kind type. Lots of different ways you can do sales, and you and in order to be successful, you just have to pick. You have to do, cultivate really your own style of sale, and is not that the most shown in shit? Miles is is striving for improvement. I had an idea. I had an idea, Sam. Okay. We have the Hinata type character, right? Someone who gets on the phone and they're like, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm calling you to hang up immediately, right? Yeah. Oh, I can't do it. I'll never make a sale. He puts his hand on her shoulder and be like, you can't do that. You have to believe. Believe in the power of your salesman's voice. Yeah, of your you salesman's gotta, come, spirit. Come on, you, 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 Chan, you can fucking do it. Yeah, and 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 she's like, the, the, I'm not aggressive like the like uh like Kiriko. I'm not, you know, I I I don't have your your passion or your fire. And he's like, no, but you have a kind heart, a kind heart, heart that makes people want to buy products over the phone. Phone, you can do it. And she starts. She makes her phone call and like starts crying on the phone and like that's her whole thing, you know. So she has the the she's the kind heart of the sales world. It's like it's like she's it's like she just activated her special ability, pity party. Uh, <laughs> when yeah, she starts fucking I... crying on the phone, it makes people feel bad. It makes people buy the products. That's her special move. I did once get a sale when I was also in when I was in I, I was not a telemarketer I I was a collector for um for like a, a calling list right 
People yeah. fucking morons who are like, yeah, I, I like the environment. I'll sign up for this list, hoping to feel good about themselves. Well, guess what, bitch? I'm here to fucking see if you're putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah, I'm here to call your ass out on you on you doing that. By the way, everyone, just want to let you know, I did political calling for 16 months. Never put your name down on anything like this. Because once no. your name is on these sheets, they never come off. So you will continue to get fucking calls about candidates you don't, you probably don't care about uh, for years and years and years and years. And it's hard to get your name scrubbed off all of these lists. So just Hi, I'm Miles with Mass Purge, and I was wondering, uh, we're trying to support Senator Barry Sanders, or whatever. <laughs> Barry Sanders, who is a basketball player, my bad, Bernie Sanders. Senator Bernie Sanders, in his fight against the Bone King of Texas. We're, we're wondering if you could spare at least $20. Uh, a donation of just $20 can help us buy coolant devices that we can use to extinguish the fire demons that the Bone King uses to scorch the forests of California. Like well, that did was... you see? Well, Miles, did you see the new the new piece of lore? How California, in order to stop the Bone King's army, is banning gaming PCs? Did you see this I shit? D- I did see this shit. Unfucking believable, dude. The also thing that unconstitutional. Jeffrey Epstein can unconstitutionally ban gaming PCs in the state of California to stop the Rib King. Absolutely ridiculous. So many innocent gamers. Are getting fucking cro- caught in the crossfires out there in in the in the great great land of a uh, CA. Uh, it's not not okay. It's really not okay. Yeah, but I I uh I I got someone who on the phone. I managed to get them to donate something because I called and they were like, "That uh, can you never fuck call me again at this number?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, we can take you up the list." He's like, "You know what? I'm sorry. I just had a long day. I was traveling and I have autism." And I was like, "Oh, really? I also have autism." He's like, huh, "Okay, let me give you fifty dollars." <laughs> Miles, dude, the autism, autism syndicate is so real. Speaking the autism, <laughs> it is it is kind of true. Uh, to tell <laughs> Assassin's Creed autism. <laughs> Autism's Creed. Autism's Creed. Syndicate. <laughs> Autism's Creed. Syndicate. What a great word. Syndicate's such a great word. Uh, anyways, Miles, let me tell you about the most based protagonist in the history of uh, in the history of entertainment. We need to talk about Robo from Robot X Laser Beam. Miles. That does sound what- awesome. Let me just tell you, Robo is a based king. This he is one of my top five favorite protagonists in any story. So for those who don't know, Robot X Laser Beam is a manga by the guy that made Kurokono Basket. Shout out! Um, it was his follow up manga, and it's about golf. Uh, and it's about a guy who's really good at golf. Actually, it's not that. So basically, it's established in the first two pages. That Robo, the main character, has autism. Absolutely <laughs> has autism. He's at a karaoke event with his classmates, and he's tapping the tambourine, uh, having a having a time. Although he looks dead inside because that's just how he looks. He just, he's just a very monotonous type guy. Um, and they'd ask him, they'd be like, "Robo, you having fun?" He'd say, "Yeah," uh, and they just and they would look at him kind of weird. And then his friend Tomoya. Who's is like oh he's he's like his only friend the only person who kind of looks out for him and chats with him was like what robo you went to a fucking karaoke and he's like yeah it was fun uh and basically his friend tries to convince him to join the golf club but robo's like what's so fun about golf 
You just hit a fucking ball. What's so what's so fun about it? Uh, and his friend's like, oh, bro, you don't you don't get it, dude. Well, lo and behold, uh, events happen. They end up at a golf range. He gets challenged to hit a super difficult golf club, and they find out that he has a perfect swing. That he has a that he has a perfect. Im, Im straight swing. He hits the ball perfectly every single time. And he shoots it straight like a laser beam. So he has this really innate gift of playing golf. Because he did nothing but practice this, the traditional regular businessman swing. For 10 years. Every single day before school. Did a contextual events. So what makes him so based, Miles? What makes him so based is number one. We finally have Spawn with autism. We finally got it. We got him. And of course, and and what's and what's better than being really good at golf, like being stupid good at golf? What's more? What's more like? Like, oh, sick. What can I use autism superpowers for? Uh, how about perfectly being able to swing a golf club? Something that no other human being on this earth can do. Perfectly swing a golf club every time. I can do that. Because Bro Robo, because of his nature as a human being, because he is so focused, he's so based on structure. And, you should have just said, his, he's so focused, he's so based. And ended so based. the sentence. Because he's but, a based king. Yeah. Now flash forward to chapter 30. And basically, he says to... Want his friend Tomoya basically is like, if I want to challenge rival character, the main rival character who we set up 20 chapters ago again, uh, he's going pro, which means if I have to challenge him, I need to go pro if I want to challenge him. So that's what's going to happen. And it's going to take three years to do that. And I'm like, God damn it. This guy canceled at 62 chapters in. I'm not going to see it. God damn it. Shit sucks. The end of the chapter comes three years later. Time skip. High school's over. High school golf's over. He's a professional now. The chapter. The, the following chapter connects. It's him and his friend in his car. They're talking about how they're going to be late because they had to help someone out on the side of the road. And it flash forwards to the to the preamble professional players taking taking their practice swings and stuff before the round begins. And they're all like, yo, where's Robo? He's going to be late. He's going to get disqualified from his professional debut. It's not going to be good. Uh-oh. And then the game is about to start. And it's like, fuck, where is he? They look up to the sky. What do they see over the course? A fucking helicopter. And him with his golf clubs and his dumbass friend fucking skydive onto the golf course. Because their rich, rich friend who's also a professional golfer was like, yo, good thing I saw you in my private helicopter. Um, but we're, I'm, you got, we, we can't stop at a helipad, so you just have to fucking jump out of the plane here. Or so they jump out of a goddamn helicopter and skydive onto the golf course. And is that not the most base shit imaginable? That that this fucking, uh, the, uh, the, our autism hero, our autism guide, Robo, who's really good at fucking golf, makes his golf professional debut by fucking skydiving in on the golf course? It makes you wonder why the fuck in real life people don't skydive in to the golf course like this shit should happen more often 
It's because people this aren't autistic kings, Sam. That's the problem. We don't have enough autistic kings in golf. See, Rob- Robo could do it because Robo has the a mental maturity and the mental stability to be able to skydive all out of a fucking helicopter to play professional golf. Like, right after. Like, seconds after he lands. Um... And it's the best scene in manga history, honestly. I don't think there's a better moment uh, than Robo skydiving out of the plane so we can go play professional golf. This is truly based, based as fuck. shit, Miles. Truly based shit. That truly is based as fuck. And Sam, I want to talk about something that is also equally fucking based. Please. Actually, it's not. What I want to talk about is not even remotely as based as what you just it's said. Cringe. Which is, nothing, which is nothing tragic. is as based as as skydiving to go play professional golf. I'm about to no, it's on this it, golf course. It really is. It really isn't as based as that. Come to think of it, um, <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe I even tried to segue with that because now I'm like shit. It actually isn't that cool at all. What I was you're about trapped, to talk about. dude. You're you're trapped. You're I actually, trapped. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually fucking trapped now, dude. I'm, you're I'm in the actually... sand bunker equivalent of a conversation. See I'm in actually... the telemarketing. See in the telemarketing shonen, this would be a moment where like you were you were finangled into a situation where you said something you shouldn't have about the product, and now you have to explain it in a way that can get yourself out of that situation. You've if you rub it on your segue. skin, you'll you'll live forever. Forever, you say. Come on, my Robin! I'm already 98. I remember when they invented chocolate. I always hated it. What's your is that? Is that Tom Kenny? Is that Tom? Oh God, I think so. Right? Okay. My my segue is that I did something equally based, but it's not. But I did esports commentary over a Mario Party tournament. That sucks. (laughs) <laughs> i got real excited anime thighs you, said, you open up so I-, <laughs> I i i got real miles i got really excited when you're like i did commentary for e- an esports competition of a mario party game and i got immediately disappointed <laughs> it was so, funny though here's the thing here's the thing that sucks was this and for I'm, coffee breath it, it was for coffee breath and here's the thing Dan has openly admitted he's never going to listen to the show, so I'm allowed to say whatever the fuck I want about Coffee Breath, and he is never going to fucking hear about it unless we have some some cross contamination. And I just want to say up front, if you tell if you tell him any of the fucking things I say on this podcast, you're a fucking narc. You're an actual fucking narc and a geek, and I'll shove you in a locker and I'll put your head in the toilet. You fucking dork. You're an actual fucking dolphin penis. So like, um. <laughs> So we were, he set up this whole tournament, right? And he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do esports casting and all these things. We're gonna have all these people playing." And immediately the game begins, and I'm like, "Shit, no one is actually talking about this game in an esports way. The whole joke is over." Because the meme, the humor of the joke is that we are running a fucking Mario Party tournament, but literally outside of it is just a fucking party where people are just like you know talking and ordering drinks. And I'm like, "Dude, the joke doesn't work." The joke doesn't fucking work because no one is actually doing esports commentary over Mario Party. The joke isn't working. And so, looking to my left and looking to my right, it's just me and Dan. And Dan, as the host of the party, is not able Wait, to Dan do Dan is on the left and right of you? No, the, the, to my right is no one. <laughs> so, so Dan is, 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 
he's the host. He's got to serve the drinks. He's got to, you know, whatever. He's got to mingle. To my right, there is no one. And so I go, um... So as you can see, we're on Kamek's tantalizing tower. Um, Peach is going to be making her first roll. Uh, going to be rolling the dice. Oh, it seems like she's choosing her character dice. Uh, the character dice has a lot of ones, but uh, there is one eight on the dice. And you, you're going to want to always try to roll that one. Obviously, no way to control that. And I just like, I'm saying um and uh every other second. Like, I'm really fucking struggling to like turn this into an eSport um, and we have two games going on, so I'm flashing between the two games, because, like, Dan is barely paying attention, right, to the fucking, to, the, to like, either of these games, so I'm like, if you flash over to game two, uh, we'll take a look at the standings here, oh, it seems like everyone is still trying to get their first star, and, like, all these things, and so eventually, maybe an hour in, I hit a fucking groove, we're like, I'm just fucking, I'm like, I'm like, shit, I'm a professional esports caster for Mario Party now, so I'm fucking talking, and I was like, Okay, uh, uh, this is now. This is one of the great equalizing mini games right here. I am, of course, talking about Get It Together. This is one of the toughest mini games, but or like whatever the fuck the the mini game is called. Um, and and so I'm just sitting did here. Did you like, do so? Did you do that esports voice you're doing right now? The entire two hours this took. The entire two hours the first game took, and then the second bracket happened. And to be fair, I had someone next to me who was, like, trying to do a little more comedy, like, more of a comedy element to it. So I wasn't able to do as much, like, esports. Things were pretty crazy. And then, for the final round, we had uh, an Overwatch caster join us. Okay. Right? And so we had a couple... talented and and skilled in the the realm of competitive Yeah, of of esports. But by this point, Miles has had three hours of esports casting experience. And so I'm standing next to this guy. And he's like, everyone's trying to get to the top of the hill, trying to get their first star. And I was like, you might also notice that a lot of people are not opting for their character dice. They want consistent rolls on this game because this is for all of the marbles. Like, and, nice and we were just like, nice jump into into some color commentary. Very, very. We good we were position. literally like just zipping and zopping off of each other about these mini games. We got to, to some mini game where you have to shake a fucking jar, and of course you got to use the fucking hand job motion for the for the switch. So like, he starts talking about like, now here's the thing: these oval pieces are some of the hardest to get out so you have to make sure that you're not just shaking it very hard but you're also using a lot of precision and like all of these things and and i so i make a fucking joke and i i um what what the fuck did i even say as my i i said i it was like a hand job joke obviously i i think i think i said something like um uh whoever wins this is going to demonstrate who has been single the longest or something like that um and he just like he, he just starts breaking up and i was like i got him i got him Made another joke, got him again, like whatever. And so, like, we're just we're at this point, we're doing legitimate duo esports commentary over a Mario Party game. Me and a professional Mario or not a, and a professional Overwatch caster are actually kind of holding it the fuck down, talking over this game and just and just actually making it sound like an esport, even though it's a game of bullshit and chance. And making the bit work and making the bit actually work. And we actually made the fucking bit work. So the other thing about it is that. We were trying to raise uh, at least five hundred dollars for a charity for uh, for like some gaming charity that gives that makes game setups in hospitals so kids can play oh, games, okay. right? I think I'm familiar with this uh, charity. I've seen them. Before. Yeah, I'm not sure it's the called. Name, though. <laughs> Give kids the D. <laughs> the D pad. Give kids the D pad. Give kids the D pad. That's good. Give kids the D pad. Um, we'll start that charity. <laughs> 
<laughs> Here comes the D for your kids. Yeah, uh, that, no, that's the that's the the slogan. Slogan. Yeah. Here comes Here the comes D. Here comes the D. And and <laughs> and the company and the company name is like D four kids. Fuck? What the kid? Yeah, get like D pads for kids. D pad. Yeah, D pad. Give kids the D pads. Yeah, give kids the D pads. Here's the D. <laughs> Here comes the D. Have you ever seen that shirt? Uh, of like, like it's like a I don't know. It's some sort of like high school team, right? Um, and and it, their their like logo says "Here comes the rope," but like the text is la- is like it looks like a lasso, right? So the rope is spelled out like it's literally spelled out in a rope, and the O looks yeah. like an A. <laughs> genuinely one of my favorite images on on the internet hold on hold on and here comes me typing it in on google (laughs) we can hear it too (laughs) it's funny right why because how do you get the lettering that wrong (laughs) well you know what the thing is miles it's cursive, but they fucked up the placement because oh, yeah, when you the line. do cursive O, it's the O is at the top. Horizontal. The line, yeah, it's a it's a straight it's a straight zero degree line at the top of the O to, to for cursive. That's how you're supposed to do it. And this is at the lower end. It looks like an A. Yeah, but, but I, also, I'm just about the A. Here comes the rope. <laughs> makes no sense, anyways. <laughs> Maybe maybe their team is like I don't know the the Cowboys or something, right? No, I think this team is a bunch of rapists, and they were trying to hide it. <laughs> well, like That's I said, I maybe think. their team is cow is the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so we we managed to raise two thousand five hundred dollars for uh for this this charity. Well, um, That's nice. And look, I don't mean to be vain. But I credit the entire was... success of the event to myself. No, um, it, it was it was a big deal because we just had a lot of we had a lot of like prominent names and like esports and and all these things and people with like pretty big following. So a lot of them are getting donations, um, for the fandom. I take no credit for the success of the event, but I do take credit for the success of the bit. We actually fucking made it look like Mario Party was a legitimate esport for five fucking seconds. No, I think you and the Overwatch guy made it made Mario Party look like a legitimate esport for five. Well, that's what I said by we. That's what I said by we. Me yes, and the esports those, guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought I, I thought that was obvious. My bad. Um, I, I just don't want these fucking gamers out here getting any credit. These Mario Party gamers out here fucking Mario jerking Party their fucking fucking, fucking Joy Cons. Oh yeah, I said I said something about doing their best Travis touchdown impression, which I did not think he would get. He laughed at that. Um And so at the end of it, like I come up to him, and this is how much of a fucking autistic asshole I am. I come up to him and he goes, Yo man, you were spitting on the mic. And like I actually did notice I was spitting a lot. So I was like, Oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean He's like, No, I meant like spitting fire. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you meant salivating. You know, I ho- I holler, I holler at that. I I would I would respond similarly to you, probably. If you were actually spitting on the mic, like if you actually were spitting, I would assume that that's what he meant. Like, sorry, you fucking sprayed me. But yeah, yeah so I, so I, I would have said some like you you were spitting heat because I really care about being understood, even with 
with slang, you know? Well, yeah, that's why you write your O's the right way. <laughs> Here comes the rope. Um, yeah, so so for me, uh, he was like, "Are you? Do you, have you ever done commentary before? I was like, no. And he's like, you're natural. It, it might be time to get in on esports. So I'm like, okay, all right. I, have to, I would have to care about these games, but okay. That's the problem. That's the problem is I, with the exception of fighting games, I don't like any of, any of these genres. Yeah, where 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 esports thrive. Like I don't care for mobas. I like first person shooters, but I don't like team competitive. Based yeah, hero based shooters, shooters and yeah. Call of Duty. Like not really. I like CS:GO is kind of cool. I think CS:GO is really cool. Um, if someone if Quake made a comeback, maybe yo, you could dude, do that. Yo, dude, yo, if Quake three made a comeback, yo, dude, I want. Yo, we should. We yo, Dust, Dusk. Everyone hop on Dusk World and we play some Dusk. This is I can't, I just, you know, I want I want to do like a Quake 3 crack house game night, but it's also a lot to ask of people to get Quake 3 we running. We need on 32 hardware. people as well. You don't need 32 people for Quake. That's the max you need amount like of people four. in a lobby, right? Those maps can't fit 32 people. <laughs> you There's said some, no some shit about like you said some shit about them having 32 people in a map last week or when, whenever you were talking about Quake. I never, I never said that. I said Quake I might be misremembering. 3 is only multiplayer is what I said. What the fuck am Quake. I thinking of then? You said you, you hopped into a lobby with like 30 people. Um, I mean... The if you want to be a true crackhead, make sure to follow us at... <laughs> Yeah, I got man, I got nothing, dude. Us. I I think I, I think I just clown. I think I just fucking clowned on everyone. Man, I love clowns. I'm gonna come out and say it. I love clowns. I love a nice clown at, girl. At me, yeah, Lola Lola Pop or whatever the fuck her name Lola is. Lola Pop. But can I just say up front and I, and I just want to say Lola Pop is not on my list. I like Lollipop, but she's not on my list for one reason. Because, unfortunately, she also falls into the inflation category. And as we all know... Unfortunately. Unfortunately. And as we all know, I am very anti-inflation. In more ways than one. Yes, I, I'm also not a big fan of the economic problem of inflation. Yeah, I too, I too find that problematic. Um, one, one of my favorite posts is, is the ones that's like, um, in 1982 in Japan, a man named, like, Hondo Futanari managed to, uh, <laughs> managed to, like, cause the, uh, an economic upswell in used cars that caused inflation, you know, to rise. It's true. Make sure to look up Futanari inflation if you want to know more. I love that meme. That of, like, tricking people into looking up, like, degenerate shit. That shit. That shit. Also, I just saw my friend open up the New World, the closed beta, and I'm like, no, don't play that. It's killing your graphics card. Don't, don't open it. Get off the plane. How to Serve Man is a cookbook. I, I, I think, so we, we shit on everything that isn't a video game <laughs> pretty heavily. Everything that isn't a video game, an anime, or a pair of, 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 boobs or no actually no we don't we shit on boobs all the time or i do at the very least um we shit on everything that isn't 
anime video games or a hot anime girl. Everything else we just dunk on constantly. Movies, television, women, just <laughs> nothing nothing but con- minorities. The three mediums. The three mediums. <laughs> wi- movies, TV, women. Movies, TV, and women. Minorities. We just, we dunk on, we dunk on them all. <laughs> um, but I'm everyone gets getting... equally bad treatment here at the crack house. I do insult white people a lot, to be fair, so. <laughs> That's like, one of my go-to insults is literally just to call someone a white person. Because that shit's so fucking funny. Like, especially if you are not white yourself, to just like, just be like, these fucking white people and their Marvel movies, <laughs> like... Because I think at this point, like white people, <laughs> when someone who's a, who when someone who's a person of color says white people, it's like synonymous with like default taste, <laughs> you know. Someone who is someone who is a default dance. <laughs> white people music is default music. White people music is default music. You know the default dance from fucking Fortnite? <laughs> I just, whenever I think about that, the theme, the that's the anthem of white people. That's the white people national anthem. Is, is that is that owned by the white community? That 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 Fortnite default dance song does belong to the white community. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm interested in getting your opinion on something because I yeah I I read a lot of I read a lot of horror manga I read a lot of one shots okay. you know like Seku Gaku and shit. Um. Mm. And uh, I'm curious how you feel about the dark twist ending at the end of, like, Black Mirror and every episode of The Twilight Zone and all this shit. Wait, what do you mean? Like, how I... What do you mean? Is that it? Is that the question? Yeah, how do you feel about those? Because I have opinions on this. Uh, how do you, How I feel about, like, the, the... Oh, what you're watching wasn't quite what it seems ending. No, no, more like, um... Uh, like, uh, you ever see Time Enough to Read, that episode of, of Twilight Zone? No, I haven't seen a single episode of Twilight Zone. Oh, uh, ooh, I'm trying to think of episodes of, like, Black Mirror. That but, like, Black like Mirror, like, like, the, like, like, White Bear. Like, the one where she, the one where, where, where she, she's trapped at the park. You find, you find out the woman. Yeah, and like, then she's, like, kid. doing a play, Yeah, yeah. It, 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 are those the twists you're kind of talking about? Because my answer yeah, is it or depends. like or like it's episode the guy, by episode. The guy who who spo- oh my god, he was actually a child pornographer. Like yeah, child yeah, porn. yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Uh, that episode sucks. By the way, everyone likes that episode. I'm like, no. Uh, it's you know you know what I'll say. It's because not enough shows twi- have child porn hate, in them. I don't hate the twist. I, I'm sorry. Let me let me be clear. I don't hate these types of twists. Some of them are done really well, and some of them are done really badly. I think the the white bear one, where she's stuck in the in the park, is great. It is a crazy what the fuck twist that's insane. The hey, the kid you've been following actually watched child porn all along, uh, is like lame and not as good. Um, 
A, because you can call that twist, and like I did, and I can't call shit. Uh, and B, um, I just, it's, I don't, I don't know. It is a shame yeah, that you can't call shit, because now I have to cut you from the shonen, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking about this recently, because I, I was like, man, you know what? Like, I don't like these endings that much, but also it's like the one thing I can't do. Like as as a writer, I just am not able to, and I and that and I kind of love it because I can't do that shit. And so I was trying to think of like, what's the dark twist ending to Hatsune Miku's Crack House? Oh, the what dark, could we the do dark? on the final episode that would like make everyone be like, oh, like? Well, I always had a theory. Well, I always had like this idea. That this idea that if we ever split off, I would just pick another Miku character. Like, I would, I would just pick another character named Miku, and, like, I would just start the show over, and I'd call like it Like, Miku Nakano's. from, yeah, from Mitsudomo Miku's Yeah. Yeah. Or, or from... Or, um... Uh, fucking Miku Quince. from... Yeah. Yeah, or there's, just there's a lot of like that. There's quite a few Mikus. There's Miku, uh... Iruma? No, not Miku Iruma. Uh, what's her name? Um... No, it is Miku Iruma from uh, um, Fatal Frame. She's the main character of the first Fatal Frame. Oh yeah, but yeah, I would I would just pick my the my idea. Wait, no, like, it's oh, not. Oh my god, Miku. it's no. I was confusing her because I, Miyu Iruma, her daughter is Miyu, but Miyu Iruma is a character from Danganronpa Three. Miku is from Fatal Frame, and I don't know what her last name is. Fuck it. Regardless. Regardless, yeah, I, f- I figured I'm like, yeah, well, if we ever split up or whatever, if we ever break up, I'll just change the name and it'll be like another. So the name Miku's Crackhouse remains, but it's like Nakano's Miku's, cra- Nakano Miku's Crackhouse or some shit. Here, here's the proposed ending. Here's the proposed dark ending for Miku's The proposed dark ending is is one of us kills the other one is the proposed dark ending. No, oh. here here's my here's my proposed dark ending. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we've recorded, you know, however many episodes, right? We've, we've recorded a bunch of episodes, whatever. Show, show's a big success. We're doing, like, a live show, right? Oh, fuck yeah. We're, do, we're doing a live show, okay? And... <clears throat> where, wait, where, where? where do like we a convention, it? right? We're doing, you know... No. Oh, okay. We're doing it. Okay. Yeah. So we're not doing our own live event or anything. We're we're just at we're hosting a panel at another at another. Yeah, event. we're at Sawcon, you know. Um. So like. Okay. Cool. So so we're at we're at Sawcon, right? Right. Sawcon twenty four. Uh. Yeah. Sawcon twenty four. Someone someone raises their hand and we go, uh, and and I point to them. It's like, yeah. Uh, can we? Uh, uh what's up? Who's there? And they go, who are you talking to? Yeah, right. And I'm like, well, it's Sam, obviously. They're like, there's no one here. And it's some weird, like, Sixth Sense ending. Yeah, it's some, some sort of Sixth Sense ending where you've been dead the whole time, or you've not been there at all, and I've gone crazy. We we, we, we pull out. We pull out, right? And I'm in a crack house. I'm in an actual crack house with, like, a needle in my arm, right? Like, the ending of Emergence. And this is this was me this was me dying of heroin dreaming about good times with my best friend. Yeah, Miles was actually in a coma for the whole podcast. <laughs> Miles was <laughs> the Miles, Miles coma theory. Coma. The Miles coma theory. <laughs> the Miles coma theory. 
Dude, I love these crackhead theories about, no pun intended, about, like, TV shows that's like, all the kids in Ed, Ed, and Eddie are dead. Ed, Ed, like, are dead? Oh, dude. Dead. I, oh, you I were, like, love dead, this dead, and dead, dead, and daddy. Thank you, Rebel Taxi. Uh, <laughs> did he actually say that? I, I thought it was clever. Yeah, yes, he does. He did say he did oh, say dead, dead. Damn it! I thought I was sure. clever. Um, close but not quite. I'm a hack, dude. I'm a hack fraud. But but no, I I am obsessed with like the the soup like the. Are there any you genuinely believe? Um, like any any over dark, the garden. Any... Over the garden wall is the only one I really believe. the The idea of like they were actually drowning the whole time and uh they they crossed over into like because they're on the graves in the graveyard there is the name of like endicott who they actually meet and things like that um and they do encounter skeletons they counter the beast you know all these different things winter winter's coming around the time that greg is starting to die by turning into an edelwood tree so like i i always thought like the theory that they were like drowning and in the midst of crossing between a threshold between life and death and they're rescued in the end i i i believed that I believe okay. that theory. I'm um, trying. I'm trying to like rack my brain for, for, some like. Hold, hold on. Let me let me just pull it. Let me just look up cartoon conspiracy theories. There's uh, the Rugrats one, which sucks. That one's shit. Oh yeah, F- yeah. Fuck that. Okay. Oh, God damn. God, I don't want a fucking YouTube video. God fucking damn it. Uh, okay, I just want wait, someone I, to like list this shit out for me. I, I have I have a theory, okay? Or I don't have a theory, sorry. Oh, Let me... okay. Yeah, go go for it. Go for it. No, I don't actually have a theory. I have a okay. proposal. I uh I here's one that's like this isn't like a this isn't like a like a like a uh, like a oh, here's like a narrative theory, like a character theory. I'm obsessed with the idea that the characters of SpongeBob each represent the seven deadly sins. <laughs> that, that yeah. Like, that like so if if I'm so it's like, like Patrick is sloth and Patrick and, uh, is sloth, um Sandy is pride. Mr. Krabs um, is greed, obviously. Yeah, Mr. Krabs is greed. Um Plankton is envy. Um uh Squidward is like wrath, I think. Yeah. Um, that that one doesn't quite work, but Yeah, I I, it, I it forgot the I forgot the shakeout. I forgot well, the Well let, let's uh, um the shakeout. Is, gr- gr- is I know Squidward Gary's lust? gluttony uh possibly i know i know i know gary is is glut is gluttony uh, uh <laughs> which is funny that that he's considered what is funnier uh, gluttony or <laughs> gary's gluttony or notorious pig ah! <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing Zendaya is Michi. That's what's funnier. Uh, that's a ri- that's a joke. Two people will get. Oh uh, no, Gary. Uh, fuck. Notor. Fuck, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I think I have to give. I think Notorious Pig is is like a little more funnier <laughs> it's, than it's funnier than, yeah. than, than than saying Gary is gluttony. Gary is gluttony. I I want to propose a cartoon. All right, I want to propose a cartoon to you. Sure. That you can make dark theory out of. Okay. <laughs> Okay. And then, you can pro- then you can propose one to me, okay? Yes. I want you to make a fucked up dark theory about Steven Universe. A fucked up dark theory. Oh, so the show is already decided. I just have to make a. Th- I just have to come up with a theory on it. Yeah, with a dark, oh. with a game theory. Like we were talking, Sans is Ness after not surviving. 
level. Okay. Okay. So, in the, I have a theory. I have a theory. Actually, can can I can I say it? Can I? This is this is suit rooted in like real reality. Oh, real that? reality. Well, shit. Well, well, you mentioned well, you mentioned Steven Universe, and you triggered this in my brain that you okay. remember this. So, here's my conspiracy theory. My actual Steven Universe conspiracy theory. My Miles, the indie video game golf story was inspired from a scene in steven universe where steven plays a golf based jrpg like there's a whole scene where he plays for like 30 hours while the gems are out a golf based jrpg and golf story features a lot of similar mechanics as to what steven mentions in this 90 second to two minute scene of him playing in like going through this golf related jrpg to bring it all back to golf this really happens in one of the episodes, I forgot what the plot of the episode was, but the gems basically won't hang out with them, and he's stuck at the beach house, um, and he plays this golf game. Um, and I just feel like this, that game was inspired by it. But, to come up with a fake, uh, possibly fake, maybe I'll convince myself it's real as I say it on the top of my head. Um, my theory, my my Ste- my dark Steven Universe theory is that the events of Steven Universe have a have a chain reaction effect that lead to the death of the planet and when Olimar stumbles upon the planet in Pikmin <laughs> Uh, uh, the reason that the human beings uh, are gone uh, from planet Earth is because of the events of Steven Universe. Basically, gems uh, taking slowly coming to the planet after the main season, coexisting with humans. Maybe there's some type of situation where a war breaks out afterwards and uh basically basically what I imagine is the crystal gems, uh not the crystal gems, but the the gem race eradicates the humans and basically leaves and they go back uh to other worlds uh leaving earth to its own devices uh to be found by uh the hokitates in pikmin that's my theory <laughs> that's the stupidest shit i've ever heard in my life i love it <laughs> god damn it that's my that's my theory uh, anyways <laughs> You asked me to just come up with some fucking bullshit. I was hoping you would have something ready. I don't know what... That was my fault. I set you up for failure. I did set you up for Why can't I come up with fucking no... All right, all right, dude. All right, bro. <laughs> come up with a dark theory for the Emperor's New School. Cusco's the Emperor's New School. Fuck you, asshole. Okay. Okay, I can come. I can come up with this. I actually can come up with this. What's your dark fucking conspiracy theory about the Emperor's Emperor New School? school. <laughs> my dark, <laughs> my dark conspiracy theory about the Emperor's New School. Okay, 
Ooh, yeah, this is tough. <laughs> this, is, this shit is tough. Because I haven't seen The Emperor's New School other than, like, a handful of episodes. Um, so I'm trying to draw from the film more than anything else. <laughs> Which is not, has nothing to do with what happens in The Emperor's New School. I know there's, like, a girl who's voiced by the girl who voices every black girl. Grace Summer or something. I think she's Cree Summers. Or, no, is she Adam Lyon? She might be Adam Lyon and Dogen from fucking Psychonauts. Come on, Ty! I need to know this now. <laughs> Dogen's voice actor is, yeah, Nika Futterman. I think that is What's... Nika Futterman. <laughs> let's, let's see what she's done. Um... Just Google Emperor's New School. And see if and see if that's the same girl. Let's see. <laughs> um, no, Jessica D. Seco. Oh, um, Jessica Seco. Yeah, she she. I know her. She's um Melina. She's fucking Olette from Kingdom Hearts too. Oh, okay. Um. Yes. And she was also in she's in The Loud House. She's in Close uh, Can enough. I just say fucking everyone's in The Loud House. There's not a single fucking female voice actor in this industry who isn't in the fucking Loud House. Well, they need 10 of them. <laughs> That's true. And they need the mom and the teacher. They need everybody, dude. They need to assemble a team. Dude, here, here's, here's my. Wait a minute! I have a crack. I have a conspiracy theory. I have a conspiracy theory. The okay. Loud House got picked up to give women jobs. <laughs> no, here's my real Hollywood theory. The Loud House has so many women because the creator is a sex pest, <laughs> and he needed an excuse to work with as many gropable to women as back, possible to bring it back to use your directorial status uh, to get what. <laughs> <laughs> not outside what you want. of the art not out inside the art of in, n yeah inside the art but outside too because he is a proven sex pest so like this th this dark we, theory we can't this dark theory stands the what <laughs> we can't say that about the real guy of the loud no house. we can there's allegations there's tons of allegations against him i, I thought that was a fucking another product I thought that no, was something no. else. That's him. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the guy with Clarence. I'm thinking of a, maybe a, maybe a, a different uh, uh, situation. No, um, no. the The guy who made the Loud House has a couple of allegations, if not of sexual assault, of like workplace like tyranny and shit. Like you know, being just like a fucking lunatic behind the scenes. The Loud House allegations. Yeah, he was, yeah, Chris Savino fired by Nickelodeon following sexual harassment allegations. This happened a couple of years ago, like 2017. Damn, okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go, dude. So, oh, I'm right. Just, oh, so I'm we right. right. So right. Yeah, we I'm right. right. <laughs> okay, Is here, it, here's my- Can it be my... called the conspiracy theory if you're right? <laughs> no, not anymore. Fact? It's a conspiracy story. Conspiracy conspiracy facts, <laughs> yes. Okay, I have my I have my dark theory about conspiracy Emperor's law? New School. I have my my th my theory about Emperor's New School. Okay, okay, okay. So, Cusco passes school. Isma is upset about this, and Isma goes through a bunch of different potions to fucking try and you know, like like do this whole shit from Emperor's New Groove again, right? 
Hold on, um, do you know the plot of Emperor's New School? Would you like me to tell you what happened? Cusco has to go to school or else he can't be he Emperor, has... and he has to pass the school. Yes, and, and she, as principal, is doing everything in her power to sabotage him from passing. So here, here's my here's my theory, okay? Her and Kronk created a magical serum that they sprinkle across the... Incan rainforest or wherever the fuck they're, they're in. I don't know. Aztec rainforest, wherever the fuck they are. Okay. Right. Transforming everybody into flies. Okay. Now here's the thing. I'm pretty sure Jess Derizzi or whatever her name is, is also Maggie from the buzz on Maggie. Buzz on Maggie. Yeah. I, I didn't get to get to say that, but yeah, she is, is in, in the buzz on Maggie. So my dark theory is that Cusco passes the school but yzma curses everyone to be bugs and it's irreversible because as bugs they can't do anything keep in mind she was theoretically able to turn him into a flea but she didn't she accidentally turned him into a llama because she was trying to poison him so this time she's like i'm gonna turn them into flies and so they're like fuck we're all flies now we have to settle down so hundreds of years later you know however many years later they invent rock music. It comes to Mexico or wherever the fuck this show takes place. This sucks. <laughs> you don't get that? to fuck. You don't get to be out here making fun of my shitty conspiracy theory when no, you're out here. My mine at the very least does not involve hopping mediums. <laughs> I'm I'm making a Disney theory, okay? A Disney theory that they are all. Oh the, wow, my theories they're all in the same universe. Look at me. That's my I'm dark such a theory. <laughs> Fucking genius, Sam. I always called you Dan. I'm such a fucking genius, Sam, that I, I came up with this dude. And you know what? They're going to prove me right. I'm just going to say up front, every fucking Disney show that involves anthropomorphic animals is, is a cause of Yzma's potion. So fish hooks. <laughs> Buzz on Maggie. Uh, fucking fish hooks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about enough. that show in seven years. Fun fact, the Rick and Morty guy is the co-creator of that show. <laughs> Dan Harmon. And maybe not co-creator, He's but he vo he's on the show, and he's like got a oh. prominent role. Kyle Massey's on that show. He voices one of the fish. Party every week, baby. It is. It do, it do be <laughs> my dark My dark Cory in the house theory is that Cory launched the nukes. <laughs> Corey, Corey sat his fat ass on the nuke button, accidentally launched the nukes. Dude, that would have been a great episode of Corey in the House. Corey in the House starts Bay of Pigs 2. Yeah, they, they accidentally launch the nukes and they have to figure out how to stop the nukes. And so, like, at the end, they have a horribly green screen sequence in which Kyle Massey has a jetpack and he's, like, standing. He's obviously standing on the ground, but he's, like, pretending to fly. And he's Whoa! like, I found the nukes. Yeah. Whoa! I found the nukes. And then, the and you know, like, the whatever, the, the general of, of warfare is on the fucking phone. And he's like, all right, you need to cut the red wire or is it the blue wire? Or is it the yellow wire? Or is it the green wire? Don't wait to pick a color! Pick a color, you know? Fuck yeah. It. Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, just pick a color. And the, and you know what and what was the lesson? Now what was the lesson learned? Because there's always a lesson learned in these shows. The, le about, the lesson learned, yeah. The okay, lesson okay. learned is don't go through your dad's things, because otherwise you might <laughs> Yeah, don't 
Yeah, don't don't go through things that don't belong to you because the nuclear launch codes might be there. Maybe that's the thing. He snuck into the Oval Office, right? Maybe he was dating a girl and he was like, hey, I can get you inside the Oval Office, like trying to impress her, right? That's a real and, like, plot line that happens in one of the episodes, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they're make, maybe they're making out, right? And then he, he, he accidentally sits his black ass down on the fucking on the nuke buttons. Launching the nukes, and he's gotta he's gotta take a fucking jetpack up there, and and maybe maybe there's a yeah like there there's a whole joke about like you know whatever like how yeah he has to, he decides the color randomly based on like some some joke that happened earlier right <laughs> he more, just he just picks more. a color wait I I just got a I just got a, a hint from uh you know from whatever like the, the like. The, the, our scientist, uh, the 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 color of the rope that you have to you have to cut uh, is the same color as the carpet in the Oval Office. Wait a second, I was in there no, today. No, it's oh, blue. I got it. Oh no, dude, it it needs to be something like in the earlier in the episode he like he did poorly on like a history test or he wasn't paying attention to like. Oh American yes, history. this is good. This is and, good. And and, and the, the thing is, it's just like. It's like, oh, oh, it's like, oh, you have to cut the wire of, uh, <laughs> of the Paul Revere's Revere's favorite British... color. Yeah. Yeah. The what was Paul Revere's... British are wearing. Yeah. What yeah. color no, was no, Paul, no, Paul Revere's I, I know. screaming about? I know, I know. You have to cut the, the red wire and the blue wires in order, right? But he's like, which one's first? Uh, uh, it, it's the, the, it's in this order. Who won the battle at Lexington? And the second order is who won the battle at Bunker Hill, or you know whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who won those battles. I think we won Lexington, right? And and Bunker Hill. I, we I lost. like the yeah. idea. Or, or or what if it's like, oh, it's between the red wire and the white wire. It's like, oh, you have to cut the top, the top color on the American flag. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Or some shit like that. You know, some some nice patriotic shit like that for the Corey and Al's. Uh, yeah, and Corey. That we're not getting. Um, yeah, Cor- at the end of the episode, they're like, you're a brave man. You know, you're a brave young man. And maybe the teacher comes in, and she's like, Corey, as an honorary thing, I gave you two extra points on your on your history quiz. He's so like, you didn't fail. It's still a D! And she's like, yeah, but it's a D plus. Laugh track. And he's like, well... Maybe maybe he needed a good grade to you know to to get something to go to right? on a maybe yeah maybe to go on a ski the school ski trip or something yeah go go on this. dude this episode's way too packed with like subplots now and what the fuck does the foreign bitch do Mina I don't fucking know. yeah what the fuck is she doing in this episode she's gotta have like a B plot right her her and the other guy in the band her and the blonde guy in the band have to go buy something. I was about to say they start working for a pizzeria. Yeah, they start working for a pizzeria. Don't they do that in the show? I don't know. I've, don't I they work for a pizzeria? Maybe. In Cory and the House, I I I've only consumed Cory and the House because like my brother would just leave Disney Channel on and it would be in my vicinity. Um. But yeah. Anyways, that's yeah. That's enough content for you fuckers. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Meekus Crockhouse. If you want to stop the nuclear launch codes, make sure to follow us on on our Discord or whatever you do there. If you want to launch the nuclear codes, also follow us on Discord. If you want to do nothing with the nuclear codes, you can also follow us on Discord. This doesn't have to be about nukes necessarily. 
which <laughs> Sam, any no. last any last words? Actually, can you ask me? Can you ask me my last words? Sure, Miles. Any last words? Yeah, Chris Savino didn't do it. <laughs> he fucking did it. <laughs> Kyle Massey didn't do it. Kyle Massey didn't do it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Orlando Corey Bloom didn't, didn't do, do it. Orlando Bloom didn't do it. Or not Orlando Bloom. Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown, he was Eddie from That's So Raven. He got arrested for, like, meth. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> and yet you're laughing. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want to pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want to pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only fine. Hey, bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana. And I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama. Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama. I still hit when she says no, don't understand what she don't want to. Hey, sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo. All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo. Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no-show. Bitch, don't watch your coochie, watch anime with the bros, Salem though. Salem my motherfucking bitch. I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss. And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki you on a list. Yeah, your sister is my groupie. She take this anime dick. Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep. Score a bounty on that pussy. You can call me Spike Lee. Putting out fire, getting ice. Bitch, I'm Todoroki. And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want to pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want to pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Asuna, Asuna, Mikasa, please, can you just give me head? Please just get on your knees, bitch. I'll beat up that ass like my name is Bruce Lee, and I'll eat up that pussy like I'm Kaneki. Ayy, Asian people driving, are they even trying? I be buying all this hentai, so I jerk it. I'm not lying, now I'm sighing, cause I want Hatsune Miku, now I'm crying. When I fuck anime bitches, I'll be moaning and be whining. Ayy, thick thighs look sexy, even when especially she decides to wear her dress. Ooh, nuzzles on my neck, now we laying on the bed. Man, I love my body pillow, especially giving head. You know what's next. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want to pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. <laughs> that was gay. <laughs>